Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. It's Mike Shope and the Bulldog. I, I don't think that's a very good attitude. It's Mike Shope. You don't think? You don't You don't think? But I don't think you should be butting in when I'm talking to my team. You're my assistant, okay? You're supposed to back me up and go get me juice boxes when I tell you. Now go get me a juice box. You know who you're talking to? It's the Bulldog. I'm talking to the juice box guy. You're crazy. Well, I'm not crazy. I'm just thirsty. Why well, don't you go to hell? No, you go to hell. Why are you there? Why are you grabbing a juice box? I'm no juice box boy, I'll tell you that. Yes, you are. No, I'm not. Yes, you it's are. Mike no, I'm not. Yes, you and are. the Bulldog. No, not. not WGR Sports Radio 550. Winding down here in the week before Super Bowl 58, Mike Shope and the Bulldog. We are not in Las Vegas. In fact, we are each at our respective homes today. I'm starting to become self-conscious about how I sound during the commercial breaks when I put the headset down and I immediately start talking to my pets as I have been alone in this house with them since 6.30 this morning. And uh, it's Eastern time, so that's a while ago. And, like, you know, the, do- the dog is ready for some some fun and the bird is just enough with me being ignored and I'm whistling and I'm talking in that high-pitched dog voice. And it's become uh, somewhat of an embarrassment, at least to me. And now maybe you can share in that. There it is. You know, I'm a little worried for our guest, Trevor Sikama. I saw a tweet from Trevor out in – he is in Vegas for the Super Bowl, and it's a, a, a gif, or a gif, as Bulldog would say, of a guy, Trevor, slamming what appears to be a $100 bill on a roulette table, and you write, this is how my week is going – that seems ominous. I don't know. Like maybe that guy hit. Uh, he maybe he bet it all on seventeen and and took down took the whole pot down or something. But I don't know. I'm a little worried for how your week is going, at least at the tables. Well, I'm actually not in Vegas anymore. I flew back last night, and I'm kind of thankful because of that video. You know, it was uh, you know it, it was a much better week talking to people, meeting people, you know, going on actual shows than it was gambling for me so i think you know that's the any any parents out there who are, who are telling their kids the gambling does you no good i'm firmly in your corner right now it's no good <laughs> never do it what do you like to play i'm a so i'm mainly a roulette guy yeah, there's just i just like that there's so many different ways you can play it you can do as simple as red or black odd or even but then you can get those three to one odds you could bet on the numbers if you want you could bet on a bunch of different numbers and uh we were having a lot of fun actually the other night uh we had a good group a good table around where people had a bunch of singles you know it was a it was a twenty dollar minimum bet but if you you know broke it up into a bunch of different singles you could put it on a bunch of different numbers and everybody was doing that so no matter what 
somebody at the table was probably winning, probably hitting. So yep. it's always a good time when you have that good vibe around the table, and that's it, and that's being the case, even if your luck isn't so great. I've known. Are you of somebody? Course, oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Sorry, I just want to. I want to ask on this. Are you somebody that if you if you see that's that roulette scoreboard, Trevor, and it's ten reds in a row, you do you want to walk up to that table? I'm sorry if this is too soon. By the way, I'm sorry I mean, <laughs> if, if this is painful. I I really apologize. You you see that scoreboard? It's ten reds in a row. Are you like a? You're interested in that table, and then B. Are you red or black? Yeah, I, uh, you know, not only am I interested, I have a hard time with self-control when I see that. So, yeah, I'm, uh, I, I, feel like I, I feel like I bet black more than I do red. But I'll tell you a quick story. I was gambling this. I mean, this is five, six years ago at this point. I was at a table, and I am somebody who I like to bet, you know, whatever is against what's on a run. You know, if it's been five reds in a row, okay, I'm betting black. You know, odds are it's got to be black. There was a time when it was – 11 blacks in a row. And I was like, okay, whoa, 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 hold on. It's got to be red. It 100% has to be red. And I remember I sat there for the next five rolls and lost $200 pressing, thinking, okay, now it has to be red. Now it has to be red. It ended up being black 23 spins in a row. I cannot imagine the amount of money that the casino made just from those 15-minute spins. I want to think that the PFF team. Now I'm, I'm I'm stereotyping a little bit, but Team PFF would always be betting against the scoreboard, right? You'd be betting all, all the red, the more the reds in a row, the better. I'm betting the other way, or vice versa. Yeah. Like I feel like that's that's going to be the PFF way. Yeah, I remember when I became of you know the age where you could actually start to gamble. I said that to my dad. I was like, No, 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 you you don't understand. You know it's. It, the better odds, it has to be red. And my dad's like, Trev, it resets every single spin. And I was like, no, that can't be. The universe, it's always even at some point. And, uh, you know, he couldn't be more right. I was just going to say that obviously we've known the Super Bowl was in Las Vegas all week, but it took me until last night and a tweet from our buddy Connor Rogers that I, I think was maybe a, a Liam Neeson uh, meme or gif, <laughs> like, like, you know, brass knuckles and knives, like night six in Las Vegas. <laughs> like, uh, that's a haul. That can be a challenge. Like, we, we, you know, we've been to Super Bowls together. Mike and I went when we first got together back in the early 2000s. And even then, I was not like, oh, where's the next party? I was mostly like, is there a Sabres game on? Can I get some, uh, like, pizza and just go to bed? That was it. But Vegas has got to be a very unique challenge for uh, those that are nightlife and gambling inclined. Yeah. No, and, and honestly, it was a lot of fun. I, I got in on Monday night and, you know, came home last night. So it wasn't too long of a trip. I, fer- I felt like it was the perfect amount to be there. There are some people who, you know, got in Sunday because they had to get there before the players took the podium on Monday. And if they're staying for the game, I mean, they're in Vegas for eight days. That might as well be eight years. It's like the interstellar (laughs) quote where he's like, oh, yeah, seven minutes is seven years back at home. And so uh, that's what it feels like (laughs) if you're in Vegas for that long. So thankfully I wasn't there too long. But it was, you know, that's a city that's got a ton of infrastructure, in my opinion, to host an event like that. You know, unlimited places to eat, things to do. Uh, Obviously they've got those big rooms and places to stay everything's pretty centralized you know the traffic's obviously kind of crazy but it is anywhere you host a super bowl so i i really enjoyed my time there i think it was a good spot for it bulldog remember talking to trista crick like a couple of years ago we were just getting to know her from bet mgm and 
I was I've been going out there, Trevor, for fantasy football in September the last three years, and like, oh well, I'm only there for three days. Doesn't really feel worth it. She's like, what are you talking about? That's the perfect amount. <laughs> right. If you're there for longer, and she's like, if you're there for longer, you can go hiking, and you can go, you yeah. know, to see Lake Mead or whatever. Like, you can go see these places. Like, what what are these things you're talking about that are not? <laughs> <laughs> on the Las Vegas Strip. I, I, right. I, I, I'm, in, I, I'm in Vegas. You're telling me to go to Utah now? Like that? I mean, <laughs> wait, wait, what? I, I could hike here. I don't know. I'm just like, there's things I can't do here that I can do there. All right, Trevor. Well, we fooled along long enough here. Uh, how about, um, where do you want to start? This game? Like, what maybe did you learn about this matchup? Or maybe something that might, might have changed your mind uh, from all the conversations you would have had out there? Maybe it, maybe it didn't. Maybe nothing did. Maybe you feel the same way you did when you landed on, on uh, Monday. But Chiefs Niners, what do you see? Yeah, I mean, just from, from chatting with a lot of people, you know, you talk about the obvious points, and then you kind of get into some of what people's X factors are. And it does feel like this might have been an under-the-radar X factor at the beginning of the week, but the more people I talked to, it felt like this might have been common knowledge. It's Chiefs defensive coordinator Steve Spagnuolo and how much of a hand he's going to have in this game. You know, everybody wants to talk about Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes and um, Travis Kelsey and Brock Purdy and Kyle Shanahan, Christian McCaffrey, like the offensive guys. And obviously they're going to play a major role in this game. But to me, it is the success that Steve Spagnuolo has had, not just this year, but I would say certainly going back to last year as well, how creative he has been how great of a defensive coordinator he's been putting different players in the Chiefs in, in, in certain roles to really get the most out of their strengths, to complement some of the stars that they have on the defensive side, you know, the Chris Jones, the Legereus Knees, those guys. And I feel as though it's going to be a great chess match between him and Kyle Shanahan, specifically how Spagnolo is going to try to give Brock Purdy something that he is not expecting you know they're going to go through the week the 49ers and they're going to try to have as much on script as they possibly can right because a quarterback that understands what's coming at them they're the ones that don't make as many mistakes and of course in a Super Bowl turnovers and mistakes are more pivotal than any other game because you're the team that you're playing up against is normally at the very highest level like yourself and so for Purdy I've seen out there there's props of him like okay the over under for interceptions thrown is 0.5 basically will he throw an interception and I think he does I think that just the respect that I have for what Spagnuolo has been able to do this year uh, it leans towards there being at least one or two times where he gets Purdy in a situation where the defense is coming one way maybe it's a delayed blitz maybe it's a slot blitz maybe it's okay I was we were showing a sim pressure before but now we're dropping eight something I think that he is going to throw a turnover at some point, and I think that's a tip of the cap to what Spagnuolo has been able to do. Something I've noticed as the week has gone on, I've seen this a couple of different times just today, the splits between first half and second half for his defense is pretty stark. Like he, It looks like he has certainly earned a reputation, at least this year, for get, getting under the hood at halftime and like figuring out what you're doing and finding a way to mess it up. Right, right, yeah, and and that's it. he is in such a rhythm right now. Again, understanding what his guys are capable of, what positions that he can put them in, and like you just said, how he can adjust. It, it, it's such a testament to how well he knows his roster that you see improvement as the games go on. Fans love to 
talk about oh okay, wh- where was the where was the halftime adjustment and sometimes it's not nearly that easy you know sometimes it just is this our our roster is a bad matchup for them and we're trying what we can and it's just not enough you know other coaches and maybe they do need to go to it more but it's not as common of a thing I think as fans realize it is or maybe as easy as fans realize or mm-hmm. think that it can be but for Spagnuolo he is certainly somebody who when you have that good of an understanding of your group of guys you get some of those results like that to have some really nice second halves this season. We've seen that. With Trevor Sikama, lead NFL draft analyst for PFF at Tampa Bay Trey, TRE. Mike Schopen, the Bulldog here on WGR. If you don't mind the sort of abrupt shift forward here, Trevor, let's talk about the draft for 30 of 32 teams. It's already sort of draft season draft mode here. Bulldog and I have dabbled in it a little bit. We're hearing a lot about how deep the wide receiver class is which is great for the Bills in theory. It seems more obvious than ever maybe that it's time for them to get in that that game. But also maybe is it so deep that when you're picking 28th and what's available after round one, maybe they would be inclined to wait. I know it's a long way out, but maybe you do have thoughts on the Bills, the wide receiver position in this draft. We've learned a lot of names already. Or with, for one example, all the defensive linemen that they might be in line to lose to free agency, maybe their or another position will end up making more sense to them. Yeah, that's those are kind of the two positions that I continue to gravitate towards as I'm going through mock draft exercises that involve Buffalo. It's either wide receiver or defensive line in the first round. And, you know, the NFL draft is it's a lot of fun. It is, at its core, you have to pick good players, right? I mean, like that is what you are trying to do that fit your team. But there is a game within the game, if you will, about, okay, well, we need a couple of different positions here. And and the draft is stronger in this position or deeper in this position than others. Do we run the risk of letting a guy fall? Do we think that we could get him there? You know, I think that there are certainly GMs that are more risk averse. Some guys that like to roll the dice a little bit more Vegas pun there for you guys had to throw that one in there, but I do look at this wide receiver class, and you are correct. It's an extremely deep group. However, for what Buffalo needs specifically, and that is that outside wide receiver, that vertical threat type of flanker off the line of scrimmage, number two guy who can really continuously stretch the field that does not allow defenses to creep up given how great Josh Allen's arm is and how he could go deep at any second. There aren't guys like that that you can find much later in the second, third round. When we talk about how deep this wide receiver group is, a lot of it is these smaller players, a Roman Wilson, a Ricky Pearsall, a Taj Washington, a Malik Washington, these smaller receivers that are, yeah, okay, they can play a little bit inside out because the game is just more flexible nowadays, but they're more that traditional slot type of receiver. For Buffalo, I, I think saying that this wide receiver class is deep isn't really understanding the details of what they need specifically as a team. And so to me, when I look at the type of wide receiver that they need, I think of Brian Thomas Jr. from LSU, uh, you know, Troy Franklin from Oregon, you know, maybe even somebody like A.D. Mitchell from Texas, maybe Xavier Worthy if you want to get that speed on the team. And I don't know if you're getting any of those guys when you come back around even in uh, the early parts of day two because I feel like those guys could all be top 50 selections. So it is a deep group, but for Buffalo, I continue to come back to attacking wide receiver in the first round, 
knowing that one of those guys that could really help that offense will be available for them. Yeah, it really stood out to me looking at like the maybe the top ten, you know, depending on where you look, the size in the top ten guys, again, generally speaking, is but there's a lot of size there. There's a lot of six twos and six threes and six fours and only a couple of six ones. Uh, but then, uh, like you're saying, you get further into it, and there's a reason those guys are pushed up up top. So, yeah, that's interesting. That's something I don't think we've really considered. We thought about the whole group, but what the Bills really need, because slot, to me, they're they're all set with Shakir there, I think, moving right. forward. they right. got to find a guy to play to replace Davis, and I think eventually they should be thinking about a guy to replace Diggs. So they need to find like a like a lead dog there. Yes, I agree completely. And you throw in Dalton Kincaid as well, right? I mean, he is somebody who can play in line, can also play in the slot, and it's like whatever flavor of slot receiver Buffalo wants, they kind of have both. They've got the shifty guy, and if they think the matchup is really well for that, um, if they think that, you know, okay, this team covers the slot a lot with their linebackers, a lot more with their bigger safeties that are coming downhill, maybe you're playing Shakir a lot more in that role for that week because he is so shifty he can create that quick separation. But if a team says, if a team's like, oh, we have a great slot defender and he's just a smaller corner, then you go, all right, well, this is a big Dawson Knox, uh, Dalton Kincaid kind of a week where they are playing in a slot. So I agree with you completely. I think that it's just the type of wide receiver matters. And I think when, when, teams and fan bases, and understandably so. I totally get it because everybody's kind of turning the page and understanding the draft class as it is. But just saying this wide receiver class is deep doesn't do the process for the Bills specifically enough justice to say, yeah, let's pass on one for sure because we know we can get one later. Trevor, uh, before you go, do you have a prediction for what happens at the top? Is it Caleb Williams to Chicago and Justin Fields gets moved, or do you like something else? No, I think basically everybody that I talked to this week when I was in Vegas, they all understand that there are people in Chicago, fan base, I should specify, the fan base, that want to keep Justin Fields and get a army of, of draft picks for trading back for number one. But I didn't find anybody who substantially said that that would be the case over Caleb Williams. In fact, when I talked to a lot of people who either cover the Chicago Bears or just are uh, pretty in tune with the league as a whole, everybody – pretty much believe that Caleb is going to be the guy at the top. So Fields goes somewhere. Is he worth a, a late first to somebody, do you think, or maybe less? I don't think so. I don't. And, and here's this kind of goes into the conversation of, you know, do you keep him and trade back from number one? Well, here's the thing. Fields was better last year. I think everybody would agree with that. It was his best year consistently as a pro. It still wasn't to that caliber of a top 12 quarterback, like even with the rushing ability. So you are still risking that, or betting, I should say, that he will continue to improve. Like what we saw this past year, it was good, it, it, or, or I should say it was better. It wasn't enough. You still need to see more from him. So to me, taking into account the fact that he's entering the fourth year on his rookie deal, you will have to pick up the fifth-year option, and then you will have to extend him two years later. That contract window, given what we have seen from him his whole career, even this past year included, does not warrant a first-round pick to me. I, I do not think that he is going to garner a first-round pick. I think it's going to be something more like uh, one day two, maybe two later day twos, and, and a couple of day threes, something like that.
Beyond Williams, May, and Daniels, who I, I assume you've got it on their own tier uh, to an extent, what are, you, what are you doing with Penix Jr. and Bo Nix and J.J. McCarthy? Yeah, Nix is, is next for me. Bo Nix is next for me, and, and he has been throughout the whole process. I was pretty high on him going into the season, and I thought he had a really good year. I mean, he's playing under pressure since his Auburn days is so much more elevated. And I think that he is just a different type of quarterback. You know, I, I will be the first to admit that when I watched Bo Nix at Oregon, I remember saying, don't talk to me about this guy about the NFL draft. I don't want to hear it. I know he's got the big arm. He's got the, you know, football legacy. He can be a dual threat for you as a decent athlete. I was like, he can't play under pressure. He's not accurate enough. He's not an NFL quarterback. Well, over the last two years at Oregon, he has been. And like that's the version of Bo Nix that we have right now. So you don't totally forget what he was at Auburn, but you also have to be able to, give a guy the ability to improve. And I think Nick's absolutely has, especially with all that experience. And so he would be the next quarterback off the board. If you ask me, I like Michael Penix a lot. I think that there have been first round quarterbacks who have been drafted, especially in the back end of the first round who have been picked who are less talented than Michael Penix, but the two ACL tears, the shoulder injuries, I know that he's been relatively healthy over the last couple of years. I just don't see him making the first round. I don't think the NFL is going to take a chance on him. I think that he'll probably be some sort of early day two pick. And then J.J. McCarthy from Michigan, he's the ultimate wild card. I don't have him in the same category with a lot of these other quarterbacks, but it seems like the NFL loves this guy. Coming from a Michigan program that's very pro style in how they operate things, the playbook, the, the calls, how they go about their business, all that stuff. Obviously, Harbaugh making the jump to the NFL, and Harbaugh means somebody who was already successful in the NFL before he got to Michigan. I think that all goes into it. It seems like the more we get from NFL teams as they get to know J.J. McCarthy, the more they like what they hear. He's not a finished product. I think there are still things with getting to his next progression, anticipating instead of reacting, really having a feel for pressure in the pocket, being able to navigate the pocket that definitely needs work. If you plopped him on an NFL field tomorrow, I think that he would struggle. But it's not always about what they're going to be like week one of their rookie year, right? It's sometimes, can this guy get to a point where he wins as a Super Bowl? And I think the NFL is higher on that with J.J. McCarthy than I am. So that's how I view that, uh, that next crop of quarterbacks. I agree with that. That's been interesting the last couple – since Harbaugh took the job. That's what it has sounded like. I'm trying to decide whether I think he's responsible for that uh, because he's certainly been hyping his college quarterback. Trevor, you made it home safely. It's just money. I mean, we're not going to tr- we're not going to start betting on green. I think we know not to do that. But um, anyway, it's great to catch up with you. Thanks for all the time you've given us and WGR over the years. I appreciate it, guys. Truly, anytime. I know uh, draft season. If you guys have any more kind of like questions you want to bounce off, I'm always I'm always free. So I appreciate <laughs> you guys having me on. We will. Thank you, Trevor Sycamore at Tampa Bay Trey out of PFF. Mike Schopen, the Bulldog here, back with Sal Capaccio after sports. This is WGR. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. 
I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.